Thanks for joining us for the January 20th, 2023 episode of Dan Excelsior, the Mostly Marvel podcast. I'm Dennis, and I'll be your host as we recap the latest super, hour, super news that caught our attention across the multiverse. But as the show title suggests, uh, it'll probably mostly be Marvel. Um, later in this episode, we'll be putting a spotlight on the 1987 Dolph Lundgren film, Masters of the Universe. Yeah, we did that. Um, but before that, we'll be getting in uh, some QA with our the gang that agreed to watch that movie with me. Uh, for those of you tuning in, don't be shy. We love hearing from you in the comments. And if you can't get enough of us, you should visit patreon.com slash Media, where you'll find a variety of creative offerings, uh, including recent episodes of our live after show, The Soapbox. Patreons, uh, patrons get exclusive access to chat with us. But if that's not your thing, don't worry. We release them to the public at a later date. Uh, there, I got all the formalities out of the way. Um, let's get everyone out here. First up, he's the Bucky to my Steve. It's Ricky. Ooh, does that make us lovers? Uh, I don't know. Does that make us lovers? Depends what sites you read. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, definitely not the comics, for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're comics. Um, I mean, I, last week it was the Royal End to my arm, and, and you didn't like that one, so I was trying to be a little nicer. <laughs> I'll take this uh, one. You'll take that one? All yeah. right. That's fair. Fair enough. Cool. And then uh, let's, uh, before we chat, let's get uh, our favorite dungeon master and part-time Santa Claus out here. It's Brian. You know, hey. the the beard is not as big as it was the last I say, time. I shaved the beard. I don't look like a, as much of a hobo yeah. anymore. The thumbnail I used for you, though, it was hobo, quite hobo. wonderful. Yeah, thank was, you. It was, yeah, yeah. I like using old pictures of people to, like, make them be like hey change it and then i'm like i may or may not i don't know i don't know if i feel like it it's welcome back brian <laughs> um, thanks for doing this and uh, i think you know we'll, we'll just get it out of the way thanks for making us watch masters of the universe brian hey i propose four movies you pick the worst oh okay. wait what were the other three tank girl flash gordon and... Oh yeah, no, I was down for all of them, honestly. But like, you were you were leaning towards. You said you were leaning towards Tank Girl or Masters of the Universe. I'm in a movie with Flash yeah. Gordon, and The Crow. I think was the other one I suggested. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. The, all four of those, by the way, I promise we will do probably this year. Um, those are all really high on my list, um, <laughs> but we ended up just like. I mean, Maybe I know. Worse. I, so last week we did Catwoman, and I know we actually ended up speaking favorably of Catwoman, which was a surprise for me because I'd never seen it. It was a surprise. Ricky had never seen it. Frank had never seen it. That was a, really, a wonderful little uh, thing that happened there where we just didn't know none of us had ever seen it. It's like those uh, jelly beans, like where you get the shitty ones mixed with the good ones. Yeah. Like I, feel I got like you a shitty one. Don't worry. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I think. This time around, you know, when you were like, I kind of really want to do Tank Girl. I was like, man, I don't know if I want to be that podcast that is just like, let's find every shitty female-led movie right away. <laughs> like, but don't don't get me wrong. Yeah. I actually like Tank Girl. Uh, I just don't want yeah. the perception. I didn't want the perception to do that. So like, 
we'll we'll get to Tank Girl. We promise we will. Um, but uh, yeah, we bit the bullet and we watched Masters of the Universe. Um, so you can you can say it was my executive decision, but you're you put it out there into the world. I did. You did. You did. Frank Langella's um, favorite uh, favorite role. You know what? God bless him for doing that, though. Like, I, I really, I'm not going to knock him. I'm not going to. No. But you know what? I, it's not time to talk about that movie quite yet. Like, we will get to that later. <laughs> I just wanted to say, you know, thanks, dickhead. You know, like, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, we, we will. Uh, you know, that's that's like a little tease as uh, what you can get later in the show. Um, but for right now, we can just chat it up and see, like, um, what are you geeking out on? What's what's uh What's your uh, what's your nerd obsessions right now? Um, so uh, the TV show that I watched that I think just wrapped up a couple weeks ago that I really enjoyed was Willow. Um, I don't know that we talked about Willow in our other. You know, Ricky, is that a, you didn't like it? I've never seen Willow. And... Well, I know. I know we have a, a mutual acquaintance who didn't like it because they were using American accents, and apparently dragons are okay, but uh, that was pretty funny. In British accent. Shout out to Coker uh, <laughs> for being the most racist person in the fantasy universe I could ever imagine. Um, I will say, uh, like, I started Willow. I liked, I loved the first episode. Tried watching the second episode. My wife fell asleep, and we haven't found time to go back to it because, like, I tried going back to watch it the second episode again with her, um, and she was not feeling it again. And I'm like, okay, maybe Willow's just one I watch because I loved it. I really thought it was cool, but I haven't gotten past the second episode. It, so I will say it's very, um, it's it's unusual in that they do a lot of experimental things in the show that um, sort of traditional fantasy doesn't do. And my guess is at least that's in part because it's not coming from a series of like 50 books and you know, it's yeah. encyclopedic knowledge, so they can, yeah, it's not Lord of the Rings where you have They're, people shrieking that they, you know, got the color wrong on the tavern for a sealed door yeah. or something. You know what's funny about that is that's going to tie in really well to the conversation later because I think I think there is something to say about a fantasy property that has the freedom yeah. to do whatever it wants because it's not beholden to, like, lore that everyone is like you know absorbed not beholden to the toys yeah it's not beholden to a lot of things um there are willow toys by the way but uh but they came after the movie right and and it's not it's not a property that's been sort of culturally relevant in the way that a lot of other uh nerd properties have been for the last 30 years willow is just the movie and that's it and that's all people had and uh some people like really swear by that movie and and you know, others just don't even remember it. So, oh, you, you uh, don't remember the uh, follow-up, the uh, Men with Hats safety dance video, right? <laughs> I don't remember how that tied into Willow. It's but. basically just them traipsing through a medieval village. It looks like it's a Willow backlot. Fair enough. Fair enough. I like Willow uh, Smith, the singer. Oh, Where God. does she tie into all of this? Well, good night, everybody. Uh, with their hair a bit, yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I will say in in Willow, the uh, the sort of almost all the actors in it are fantastic, uh, but the guy who plays Borman uh, is just he steals every scene he's in. That guy's great, dude. That guy's for great. somebody who's replacing Mad Mardigan, which is arguably 
one of the best characters uh, of the 80s, and I will fight people who disagree. That is a hard thing to do, and he goes above and beyond. In fairness, though, like Val Kilmer played a bunch of the best yeah. characters in the 80s. Like, like Val Kilmer was the shit in the 80s, yeah. dude. Like, um, he's great. He was great. So... I, I promise I will go back and finish that one because uh, I do I did really love it. I love Warwick Davis. I thought yeah. he made me laugh in the second episode. Like he was they were doing his humor and I was like, I forgot that he had done like a show with Ricky Gervais for several years. And like funny that show. He's got some pretty damn good comedic yeah. time and I was really impressed. Um I don't remember that from the old movie, you know, like uh but he's probably in a very different place, you know. Uh, as far as confidence goes now yeah. versus then. Yeah. Uh what about you, Ricky? What else? What do you what do you got? Uh um well it's it's playoff sports ball season. So that was a big part of my weekend. Um sports ball. Um won't, won't go How there. The do? Hmm? How the Chargers do? Uh they did really good for part of that game. And, uh, <laughs> the other part not so much. But uh, I watched The Last of Us on Sunday. We whipped it up at eight o'clock when it premiered. Um, that's I I think I like the show better. Um, I always knew the show would be better. Honestly, the, like, yeah, yeah Pedro Pascal is the, the superior Joe or Joel. Joel, um, yeah. yeah, like it. I I don't even need to see more. Um, I think I think the the biggest difference in like and I have a very personal bias like I worked for PlayStation during the time when they, they made uh, The Last of Us. Um, I was a, a lead tester there, but like I didn't have a project at the time. So whenever we didn't have a project, we would go and help out other leads with their their game and we would do specialized jobs. Um, and so the job that I had was to help out as uh doing speed runs on the last of us so i can beat that game faster than most human beings can um i have beat that game so many times like i can beat it two three times in a work day um wow yeah it's i i i've absorbed that story so many times right uh because I'm not like a douche. I don't like listen to music while I'm playing or anything. I just, I, 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 I'm supposed to be like paying attention to the game. Right. So I've, I've, so I've heard the story a million, million times. Um, I cried in, in that, in that show, when I watched that show, because like it hit me harder than, than the game ever did. And it's, it's because yeah, I mean that acting. That acting's amazing. Do you but know I that, also who the cried... daughters? What? You know the who the daughters? Joel's no, or... that's uh Thandy Newton's daughter. Oh wow, that's is cool. it? Yep, she was awesome. Uh, she she really sold it for me. Um, I just I think I kind of cried like a, it was like a halfway tears of sadness and a halfway tears of joy because like I've never seen a more accurate uh, translation from a video game to a movie or a show and it just made me really appreciate like the game that much more because it's like dude the game actually totally choreographed that entire truck scene mm -hmm. like all of it and like i i appreciated it when i watched it in the game or when i played it in the game but like 
seeing it in live action was so much crazier. You like it was just it was bonkers, man. Um, so yeah, I really I really loved it. I'm I'm looking forward to watching it uh, more of it. My wife actually like she has a very stressful relationship with that game. Like she, it's it it just gets it's too much for her. Like it's like you know zombie stuff and anything like that just gets on her nerves. So like she hasn't watched it yet, but she knows the game front and back also. You know, so it's like I'm like you can watch this. It's fine. Like there's barely any. I mean, it's, it's not it, a lot of violence. It's less you know? violent than the game for sure. Well, I mean. In, I in mean, an hour, may, yeah, in yeah. an hour of the game, you could get to a whole lot more violence than. than <laughs> there's that no show. murder gameplay mechanic in the show, so it's a, yeah. By yeah. extension, there's less of it. Yeah. But uh, I did that, and then I started dabbling uh, into sports cards again. So I did some of that last weekend, and I'm going to a sports card trading expo in Long Beach oh, uh, in February. <laughs> I think you got to figure out how to do some better investing because you're going to go down. I'm, I'm speaking as a person who has drawers filled with collectibles. You, you need to get out. I mean, th that's aside from the comic books I got to get graded too. So yeah, like, get out while you can. <laughs> do it. Um, before we move on, I will tell you the thing I, I uh, nerded out on this week. Um, I set up a one week free trial to AMC Plus, which is like a new version of AMC's app like that actually is a hub for several other things like IFC and Shutter and I was like what the hell you have Shutter uh like I've been like I watch Shutter once one one month every year I just give them a subscription for a month and then like I'm out cuz I just watch everything but now I'm like I could just have it through this that's really cool but anyways I did it only because I really wanted to watch the interview with the vampire show um, I saw the first episode that they, they let you have a taste of it on uh, Amazon Prime. And I watched it a few months ago and I was like, this is the best gayest thing I've ever seen. And um, yeah, I just for some reason, I just felt like having vampires in my life this week. And so my wife and I binged the whole damn show. And then we rewatched the movie and the movie kind of sucks compared to the show man it, it really the show is amazing and like they make choices that in 2023 they can do that they could not do in the 90s with tom cruise right. and brad pitt um and it's it's pretty cool it's it's awesome highly recommend that show also watch the mayfair witches which i don't highly recommend that show like uh i thought it was going to be cool but it's it's not uh, and then, yeah, I, other than that, I kind of tapped out on that app and just like there's Portlandia, Garfunkel and Oats. And yeah, I don't know. Quality. Yeah, there's not a lot for me to watch there. There's a whole Walking Dead hub, though. I found out there are three new Walking Dead TV shows coming out this this year. Three new ones or there are th three new ones. So that puts it up to four now. So there's, there's, so yes, so there's, no, there's, no, that's five now. The Walking Dead's over. I thought the main one's canceled. Okay, yeah, so, okay, so the, if the main one's over, then they Fear spun the it off Dead. into, they spun it off into three separate ones. Okay. Okay. Uh, but there is a fifth one uh, that's called like The Walking Dead, The World Beyond. It's like and the that, anthology show. No, that's, uh, sorry, that's the sixth one. Oh. Um, no, the world, be <laughs> the world Beyond is actually one where uh, teenagers, have been like um 
confined to a compound for like 10 years, but they finally break out. So this is them experiencing the Walking Dead universe 10 years after the apocalypse. So it's, it's Fallout. Yeah, basically, but with teenagers. So it's a teenage skewed show. Okay. So there's the world beyond, but then there's also uh, Rick and Michonne. There's a Daryl. Daryl has his own show. Yeah. Um, and then Maggie and Negan have their own show. Um, I thought together. Negan was a bad guy. Dude, they spun him I... a long time ago. I, I checked out after season two, the fucking whale, whale zombie, right? And um, I don't remember a whale zombie. They pull a zombie out of a well. Oh, a well or a whale? A well. W-E-L-L. Oh, a well. Okay. A well. Sorry. Got See, it. I was imagining like a zombie eating its way out of a whale. I'm like, all right, maybe I need to go I back mean, and watch I mean, if it was that. a whale, I would be down. But uh, Walking Dead game, Telltale game, uh, the best of those stories. So you didn't, you had a problem with them pulling a, a zombie out of a well? Yeah. Because it was dumb. All right. A walker, actually. Sorry, we got to get the terms right. <laughs> Let's move on because I don't really feel like delving into that one. <laughs> um, you got news for us, Ricky? I got some news for you. I just want to say before you do this, I'm waiting to hear a specific piece of news. And I'm going to be angry if I don't hear it. I only have two pieces I contributed to this week. All right. So. All right. Let's see it. Let's hear it. There Marvel's it is. Avengers. Uh, the Square Enix game is coming to an end. Uh, so let me, let me read the, the quote for you. After two and a half years of introducing 12 of Earth's Mightiest Heroes following update 2.8 on March 31st, we will no longer be adding content or features to Marvel's Avengers. All official support will end on September 30th, 2023. Our boy is being put down. Praise Jeebus. <laughs> Here's the thing. I saw this news and I said, Ricky better goddamn put it in this show tonight. <laughs> or I'm going to be pissed. Because you know what? This was one of the first things we talked about when this show first started two years ago this game and how much we were so disappointed in it and well, then somehow we it kept disappointed for the first month though yeah but this game had already been out for like six months by the time we started our yeah, show for sure so we were already bitter and then over the years you just kept finding news to give us and I would get angry at you. Well, and they be got like, up to 12 characters. I'd be yeah. like, Ricky, why are you still giving us this game as news? I don't understand why you keep oh, bringing it up. It's terrible. Um, you know the really shitty thing about them, like, praising themselves for, like, the 12 characters in two and a half years? Yeah, that actually sounds like a good average, except for the fact that six of them came out at the start of the game. So what you're really saying is we put out six characters that all pretty much play exactly the freaking same in the span of two and a half years. There was some like drama with this. I mean, the the first setback was the Chadwick thing because they had that Wakanda stuff done. No, and that wasn't yes. the first. That wasn't the first setback. Um, but the Hawkeye stuff was supposed to be out within the first month of that game releasing. Yeah. That was the first sign that things were off the rails. Then well, the, the Spider-Man, right? the Spider-Man, that is Hawkeye. I mean, okay. sorry. I, I mean, 
the Hawkeyes, whatever. Um, the Spider-Man thing was supposed to come a month after the Hawkeyes. Instead, we got that like a year later. Like, <laughs> um, and weren't some of the characters still locked to console exclusivity too? Spider-Man. No, just Spider-Man. Just Spider-Man. Okay. But we but... didn't. It didn't matter because he didn't come out for like a full year of that game. They they are doing the right thing though. Um, they will be stripping out the the paid store in the game. All the purchasables will become free to all mm-hmm. players, and I thought that was a pretty That's cool nice. gesture. That's a pretty yeah. cool thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, they are gonna keep. You can still play it. It's not like it's getting shut down. They're just not gonna do anything after September. No more support after September thirtieth. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I'll still say probably one of the better campaigns. Campaign is awesome. Campaign solid. The I campaign think is the no more stuff. than the campaign is like three to four hours long. But, uh, you know, always a bummer. It, it's a shame when a game titles The Avengers shuts down. Yeah. Because uh, there's obviously a misstep when that happens. But uh, There was many missteps, but yeah. Let's let's hope we get another version of this somewhere down the line that's actually fun. I yeah. honestly, like, if you've ever played Gotham Knights, it's, it's so much of what this game promised to be. Um, I love that game. It's, uh, I... I've been waiting to I, I beat that game a while ago and I've been waiting to just go back again just so I could platinum it just because it's well, it's way better than this. Maybe we'll see some of these characters pop up in Marvel's Midnight Suns. Oh, God, which is getting everyone's <laughs> favorite Merc with the mouth as a DLC. Uh, Mr. Deadpool. Deadpool. You know what? Marvel's Midnight Suns. I will go on record on this, Brian, and I know you're further in the game than me, but like. I have to force myself to play that game. And honestly, like when I do, I can't make it long enough through all the crap they want me to do to get to the part where I get to play the actual game. So I end up quitting. And then I'm like, what? Why did I do that game just now? Like, I think I hate this game more than Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, uh, I'm at the point where I log in and I realize I need to go to sleep and then have to do all the, the, romance sim bullshit the next day and i'm like nah fuck it i just want to do a mission play some and, cards and, and by sleep abilities. you mean your character has to yeah yeah, yeah right yeah the romance him yeah no. that's so terrible that you have to put your character to bed in that game i don't understand it like it's he is uh well there's deadpool's part of the season pass yeah. uh, which is 39.99 right and includes it'll uh, deadpool's first then you're gonna get venom Morbius and Storm. So I watched the trailer. It's cute, but like it's so misleading because the action in that game is not action. It's just not like it's yeah. It's very I don't know. They I mean, show you, the attack animations. Yeah, just go play Mario Rabbids. It's way better. If you wait long better. enough, maybe it'll get shut down and he'll be free. So uh, well, I already paid for it, so it doesn't matter. Well, he's extra. Free. You don't you don't get Deadpool. So I do because I paid for. Oh, the, okay. I, I paid for the special edition. The special edition. Yeah. So I gotcha. I know I have a Deadpool. Well, yeah. Let's That's, let's check see, out some more stuff. Dennis is going to pay for. Okay. <laughs> Oh, this is shit I already paid for. Uh, I just put these in here because I, I think I'd mentioned these before in a previous episode, but uh, the new version of the Game Reverse Spider-Man from the upcoming Spider-Man 2 video game, um, he's uh, he's actually on the newer body that I think, Ricky, you actually purchased figures on this body. 
the new superposable Spider-Man body with um Yeah, I got the one. But he's actually got articulation in the toes, if you notice too. Um this he's version more expensive. of Yeah, that's a lot of people a lot of I've been wow. seeing articles about like Hasbro, you're out of your goddamn mind. Forty-five because, like, smackers. No, thirty-five. Thirty-five smackers. 30, Thirty-four ninety-nine. This guy's retailing for. You can get him and, or and they don't even have the decency to give him two thwip hands. <laughs> Are you seeing that? It's only his right hand. And if you look in the accessories, there's no left-handed thwip hand. And it's like, come on, guys, come on. So he comes with like every single web effect that they've ever made ever. So that's kind of cool. And he bends at the toes. But I don't know why that justifies a $10 increase. He's exclusive. So he's limited, limited uh, to fan channels. So you got to buy him like online only. So I'm like, why, why, why $10 more? I don't understand. You don't even have to put him on shelves. I did pre-order him as well. I do like this costume. So. I, told, I knew you would. See? <laughs> And then uh, there was one other one that came out this uh, or for pre-order this week. It's the Fantastic Four Franklin and Valeria two pack. Um, it's really cool, and it makes me feel like I haven't read comics in a long time because goddamn Franklin and Valeria have grown up. They are I was like, just saying, weren't they like toddlers? Jeez, man, it's been a while since I've read some Fantastic Four because these are full-on adults. Uh, and they come with a moloid uh, head of their friend. Uh, I think it's Turg. Um, I don't even know who that character is, dude. Damn, but Larry I, has six hands. Yeah, I mean what everyone wants uh, from Marvel movie. Larry comes six hands and a bunch of reused parts of uh, other accessories from characters that they've released in the last year. The the flasks are from Beast and and the lizard. Uh, that head piece is or that. Head canister is actually from. They just put out the "What If" uh, Ant Man head from um, from the zombie episode, where it's just a it's just a head in glass. They're they're just reusing the glass from that. It's pretty funny. Um, it's a cool. It's cool. Like it makes me really want to go and read some comics because I'm like, I have missed. I've missed. I want. It's like it's like real children, right? It's like you, when your friends have children and you don't see them often, and then you're just like. Oh my God! How old are you now? You grew up so fast, you know. Like that's how I feel looking at these comic book characters. It's so weird to me. Um, but anyways, I think that's all the Marvel Legends I had for this week for pre-order. We had some news from our guests, though. Oh shit! Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, what was it you said a minute ago about goddamn Hasbro? Let's, <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, let's pick that up. Uh, so for those of you who are uh, not the kind of nerd who plays Dungeons and Dragons, uh, you may have noticed this week. Uh, I don't know if either of you saw that, uh, like MSNBC and CNN and all the, the was going channels down. were, yeah, talking about what's going on with Dungeons and Dragons. So, Dungeons Can I and just Dragons. Inter interject. I know you and I are old. Do you remember when the the last time the news channels when we were kids used to talk about Dungeons and Dragons? Like Satanic yeah. Panic. Those stories were so different from what they are now. <laughs> this is such a corporate world we live in. It's so capitalist. It's so nuts. Well, it's also the fact that, you know, it's a multi-billion dollar brand now. Right? Exactly. So, like, 1980s, you could uh, shit on Dungeons and Dragons if you were a congressperson because it was only played by very weird people and 
very dank places out of sight of uh, decent folk. Yeah. Um, still, we still do that. Is it Wizards of the Coast? Right? So Hasbro owns Wizards of the Coast, which owns yes. Dungeons okay. and Dragons. Okay, yeah. And this all kicked off uh, towards but the end of Watsi, last year. Watsi didn't always own them. They bought they bought it along. So they bought it from TSR, yeah, which yes. was the company that Gary Gygax, the creator of the game, founded. Yes. Yeah. So so Gary sold, well, he got pushed out in the mid-80s, and TSR sold to Watsi, and then Watsi got I think third edition's the magic. first version that was Watsi, right? Uh, I think they bought it after. I have to. Ch- I'll have to go look at my books and see if it's got the TSR or the I think, Wizards. I think that I think third edition is Watsy. Where? Yeah. So, but yeah, that they, stands for Wizards of the Cloak. Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the 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 game sort of took off during the pandemic and. They, uh, they had a business meeting in the fall, and they said, look, it's an under-monetized brand. Um, meaning, which, you know, you never want your hobby to be referred to as under-monetized, right? Because then, then prices yeah. are about to go up. Um, yeah. And I think they looked around, and they saw the popularity of the game and how many people were playing it and how much money they were making and said, we can do better. Um, and so... At the start of this year, a memo leaked in terms of what they were going to do to kind of monetize it more. And the the big thing they did, and this gets a little technical, but in uh, right around 2000, in the middle of third edition, um, they basically open sourced the rules or uh, sort of open sourced the rules. And anybody who wanted to could take these rules and make games, which cool. And you got hundreds of new companies and people entering it. This is one of the big bumps in role-playing in the early 20th century. Um, and then the pandemic kicked this into high gear. And you got even more companies that were making D&D-adjacent material, but Wizards wasn't getting a cut. So they came out and said, we're going to claw back this open license, and we're going to change the terms of it. We're going to make people pay us money to use it now. And uh, even small creators are going to have to pay us money. Uh, if you want to get like a tattoo, you're going to have to sign an agreement, right? Yeah. Basically, they went full Disney with the, mm-hmm. the copyright. Uh, and the fandom wasn't having it. Uh, they basically erupted in anger. Um, you guys know, right? We use uh, Roll20 and mm-hmm. D&D Beyond to play our game. Well, subs to D&D Beyond uh, apparently reached the uh, five-figure, uh, unsubs reached the five-figure mark uh, right. at some point last week. Did you cut out, or was that my, my headphones? Rick, can, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. Can you okay, hear me? Cool. Yeah, okay. I, I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, they, were, they just started hemorrhaging money, and um, earlier this week basically said, we're listening to people. Um, yesterday, they came out with a partial walkback. Um, but I think there's been a lot of speculation about what's going on here. Um, most of their competitors sort of banded together and said, we're going to ditch the old rules and create a, a, a new one. Um, and they together probably represent a not insignificant portion of the, of the market. And then there's just negative press. And they do have the movie coming out in what, two months now. And I think it, it's probably safe to assume that that figured into this as well, where the next boycott that people were calling for was to boycott the movie. 
Uh, so they saw yeah. some real numbers move on the, the subscriptions. So they sort of backed away from this. And yesterday he came out and said that maybe they're doing Creative Commons licensing. Um, I've read some of it today and it's not really clear uh, that they've thought this through, but um, and the fandom for its part isn't backing down. People are still pissed. So we'll we'll see what happens. I I see both sides of the argument, right? You're used to having the thing pretty open, but it is a a business, right? <laughs> well, so the thing is is the original document basically said it was perpetual and irrevocable in the granting of these rights. Mm-hmm. Um, now it never has gone to court for challenge as far as I'm aware, but for, for somebody to look at that, and you've got companies, remember this is 23 years ago now. So there's companies that have been around for 23 years. Mm-hmm. They've grown using this resource and to now be told, uh, including the second largest, uh, probably tabletop gaming company, Paizo, now to be told, no, no, you can't do this. Gotcha. Anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then the, the fandom, I think. The other thing to keep in mind when we talk about um, D&D as a product mm-hmm. is how many D&D books do the two of you guys have? None. Yeah? I have I have three. You have three, right? Um, or four. I have two, mo- them, right? two, two monsters, man. Actually, no, I, I do have one. I have one. You have one? Dennis left his third one at your place? <laughs> yes. But you don't need the books to play the game. You just Correct. need one person with it, mm-hmm. right? So the people who tend to buy the books of the dungeon masters, they're also the ones who tend to create content through this license. So not only were they sort of pissing off a lot of the, these other companies, they're pissing off the people who were actually buying their product. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, it's a, a bad miscalculation. Um, and I think at least part of it has to do with the fact that wizards brought in, um, non-gaming executives, people who didn't understand the industry. Um, they brought in an ex-Amazon person, and I think they just don't get how this works. So, is Excuse my ignorance for for this. Is Do they not have like a subscription service where you get access to all the stuff? No. So the um, Wizards was very, very slow to sort of modernize and come to PDFs. Um, and they they only basically started doing it when it was apparent that most people at that point were getting their books through sort of pirated PDFs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they continue to kind of adopt this model where if you subscribe to D&D Beyond, you then have to buy each source book individually yeah. at almost full price. So if you want to get like everything that's current in fifth edition, it would cost you thousands of dollars on uh like it just seems crazy to me like it's not i feel like because we use we use a uh, rule 20 to play our games like i know it's easier said than done but you know just create your own rule 20 make a the the dungeon master tier subscription and then the player subscription and that just seems like an easy easy win well and i think that's probably where they are headed they're just they're not Right. So on the one hand, hiring an Amazon exec means that you're, you are going to get in those directions faster, but you have to do it in a way that doesn't upset sort of your, your mm-hmm. consumer ecosystem. And right now they sort of pushed forward because the, uh, the leaked memo also made a lot about um, the uh, virtual tabletops and they didn't wa- really walk back any of their things about virtual tabletops. Um, so it made it pretty clear that they want to kind of squash 
all these other applications that are out there and make it only their platform that gets used. Um, and then the other thing that they had that pissed people off in there was um, their part of the subscription they were talking about was virtual AI DMs. Dennis is like, excellent. I can't wait. I, I, I mean, virtual it, AI DMs? What are you? Yeah. What are you what like, are you an, a, like a chatbot DM. You oh, wouldn't have AI a DMs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Artificial intelligence dungeon I, masters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was like, okay. Like, I, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, think about it. You have your own little system, right? And then, hey, we got the D&D movie come out, coming out. Let's make some movie-specific campaigns that you can play on our subscription service to get you hyped up. Like, but Yeah, you're talking more like a choose-your-own-adventure, right? So I guess, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. But I, I but, think, I, honestly, I think that's cool. Like, I mean, that's that's what... That's what Skyrim is, dude. It's mm -hmm. just an AIDM, you know. Like, and it's I spent hundreds of hours in Skyrim. <laughs> AIDM but, is not the worst thing ever. But uh, Skyrim, no how many how many other you know role playing games le reach that level of sort of storytelling, right? So yeah. there's there's you're not going to get the Skyrim AIDM. You're going to get the uh, you know you could Pocket make Heroes it. mobile port. Like the nice. Peloton of, of D and D, <laughs> where you like hop on and you get like the, the celebrity DM. Okay. All right, so, we're, we're gonna be pitching ideas all night. <laughs> if you've never played it, go install the the um, Amazon uh, Alexa scale for Skyrim. Uh -huh. It's right. oh no. <laughs> no 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 no! I was trying to whisper. You just fucked up. Whoa, all 10 of our over seventy-one hundred people. Alexa, stop. See what I did there, and I just ruined it for anybody who's watching this on uh, uh, without speakers. Spe without speakers. Yeah, see what I did. I'm sorry, guys. Um, honestly, though, that app is so fun. It is the simple version of an AI uh, Skyrim DM, and it is stupid because it's endless. It's endless. And you only ever get you get two choices: which way you can go left or right. You, you, each one is very well described. Then you go, you encounter a monster. It's one of like seven different ones you encounter every time you play, and you fight it. You can use your shout, you can use your weapon, I mean, that's or you can board. use magic, and that's it. And it just keeps going and going and going, and it's pretty cool, man. I'm just saying. And I'm, what I'm getting from this conversation is I'm putting way too much effort into crap. Yeah, you do. You do. No, but I love it. I love you for it. Though, As someone who's like... been playing with Chad GPT, um, that is the direction we are going with all yeah, of Yeah, I, I honestly, like, I appreciate the human element um, so much. And that's why, like, I haven't been playing RPGs on, on you know, on video games lately. Because uh, I'm like, no, I get my fix, uh, you know, every every Monday night, which, by the way, this whole Hasbro mess has made me question why I've been recording every session we've ever done uh, <laughs> in the last year. I thought I'd one day produce some cool some cool video for everyone to see. Maybe it's a patron exclusive uh, it's evidence in material, a trial. Mostly. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> yeah. evidence in the trial for us it is it's like it blackmail is. yeah so it's exhibit a for sure so maybe i'll just delete it all no i won't i'll never delete it you can all rewatch it you can just recover my laptop after i die and just sit back and watch all the stupid oh, we're gonna have to we're clean, clean it off first so. yes yeah definitely wipe it off for sure um 
you know what? Speaking of D and D, Brian, I I think it'd be a good time to go into the Q and A that I got set up for you. I thought <sighs> I, you know people know you're you're showing up, and we always we always say you're the, our favorite DM, our favorite dungeon master, master. Uh, oh, no. Sorry. So there may be some right. questions out there on the internet for Brian. So, I'm just going to assume they're all from Coker. Oh, <laughs> I'll never know. I'll never know. How do you nerd? That's, that's, you like it? You like it, Ricky? That's the name. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, how do you nerd, Brian? Uh, so I got some questions for you, and I just right. want to be answered by myself and Ricky as well. But I did, I think they're just you know really fun questions on the topic of RPGs. So here we go. At Hangle McCringleberry, what's your favorite pen and paper RPG and video game RPG? Why? I mean, I'm gonna have to say Eclipse Phase for my favorite pen and paper RPG uh, because I created it uh, yeah. with Rob Will. So, uh, and if you're curious, it's all Creative Commons. That's Eclipse Phase, uh, but it's a uh, it, the genre of RPG that it is is probably my favorite, which is sort of conspiracy and horror, um, very Lovecraftian. Um, we set it in the future, but. Other versions like Delta Green is a game I would love to find a group of people either to run for or play with, where it's basically X Files, but what if it was also a Cthulhu conspiracy? Um, Brian, yeah, do do you think that you would have more fun playing an Eclipse Phase campaign with us than D anD D with you guys? It would be weird. It would be weird. Let me put it that way. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do in Eclipse Phase that uh, that I think you would uh, you would find creative uses for. Sell me, sell me on it. <laughs> well, first of all, you can swap bodies. So uh, yes, there is yes, digitized consciousness. So you could be an octopus. Uh, you could be an uplifted gorilla. You could be a uh, basically a uh, spider tank. Can it be a um, single cell organism? Uh, no, no, I don't think you could. I mean, you can. You can just be a giant amoeba. Uh, okay. You can be a distribution of like swarm bots. Um, and unfortunately, I'm realizing now we also, for the sake of realism, uh, had a morph a body that's designed as a small child. So I know what Dennis would be creepy, creepy, cool. Chucky. That's pretty cool, man. Um, I'm down. Let's do this. Let's kill our D and D characters next week. Let's do it, and then we'll pitch it to we'll pitch Eclipse Phase to everybody. Because I would love to. I would love to. I would love to play the game that you actually developed. That'd be really cool. I think that'd be fun. And then yeah. I can tell you how shitty it is when screw D like, yeah. Oh man, I wish I was playing Dungeons and Dragons right Fucking now. Fucking turd. Yeah. I know, right? Where does he get off thinking he's as cool? Should as charge Watson. for this shit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, make too much money. And just curious, Ricky. I know you haven't played many pen and papers, but favorite video video game RPG? Um, I guess Fallout. Um, I, I've always been keen to Fallout just because I'm not. We've we've talked extensively on my not fantasy taste. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think pen. I mean, D and D with you guys has, has been like my one true 
D&D experience. I tried to get in, like, I don't even know what it was called, like a Star Wars one. Um, back, like, in middle school, maybe. You gotta be that careful. Was... Some of the Star Wars versions were not good. So my, first, being good. my first pen and paper RPG was Star Wars. And I was the Jedi Master Barry Lincoln. No, I, no, no. Your first one was uh, D and D. I thought with log jammers. No, no. Oh, was that? No, no, no. Oh, okay. That was after. No, Barry Lincoln R2C3 was first, my first character. That Turd was my Ferguson first and possibly my greatest. Turd Ferguson was not in that game. That was that was a D and D character, and that was that I was Caleb. That was, was Caleb's. Yeah, that was Caleb. I thought that was. Oh, you might be right. Yeah, Yeah, you might be right. You're you're right. You're right. You're right. Fair enough. Anyways, I want to play Eclipse Phase one day, but let's move on to the next question. (laughs) At Harry Fodder, what's good advice for someone DMing their first campaign? Brian's laughing a little bit right there. Well, Harry... uh... I'd say probably the, the best advice I can give you is to talk to your players and, and figure out what they want out of the campaign. Um, like I'm running a couple right now and there's one group that very much likes uh, sort of a complex narrative with lots of role play and um, NPCs. And then I have a group that basically uh, wants to engage in inappropriate acts with every NPC they encounter and uh sort of i want to play with those guys yeah those yeah, guys are fun. yeah. Uh, and and see it more as an opportunity for a sort of stand-up uh, improv hour so figure out what your players want out of the game before uh going into it because otherwise they might uh flip the script on you nice mm-hmm. that's true this next question said goes right into what you were just saying uh, at Madison 96, there's a Y in there and two N's, but not where you think. Um, what's it like playing with Dennis and Ricky? Well, I mean, so obviously they're both in that very kind of complex role play. They get deep into their characters. Uh, no, they're... <laughs> Let's see. I think uh, Ricky... If you give his character something, it's going to get thrown at the next thing they encounter. And um, that's very true. <laughs> and Dennis has Can discovered the beauty it? of the bard and uh, the fact that it makes a much better sort of social manipulator uh, of NPCs than anything else he's tried. The best social manipulator is the bard. I'll never not play a bard now. I want to, I, I think. If we do continue with this, are there like Wi-Fi dice I can purchase? Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, there are. Uh, okay, I, just I think that's what I'm missing. Uh, I'm like, the, want... the virtual rolling. I need you to want... roll them. You want yeah. Wi-Fi dice? That's fine. so they come in a little. So you have to roll them in a little box a little tray? that's okay. connected. Yeah, and so they use sensors on it. But yeah, that's I have funny, no idea man. how expensive they are. Like, because like I, you know, I've been I've been to a few uh, PAXs in my day. And, you know, when you pass by the D&D side there, I always get a little jealous. Like, yeah. You guys got a bunch of cool shit. You know, the big old coffee table with the inserts and yeah. the well, cool towers and stuff. In, in fairness. I, I only um, make you roll. I roll the dice here. So. Yeah. Well, I did have the die on, like, the first the first campaign. Uh, I have a giant, giant D20 that came with my 
uh, Hasbro uh, Drist Darden or wait, Drist figure. You know what I mean? Yeah. The one, yeah. Um, but yeah, I realize I'm like I actually kind of like Roll Twenty. But in fairness, that's probably because I've been rolling dice my whole life, and so even before yeah. D D, and I'm kind of over it. I'm just over it. Well, they understand that, right? You could do the thing where it does the throws the dice across the screen. So yeah, yeah. We but say that Ricky, for when it's lots of dice. Ricky, de- definitely follow up uh, in the soapbox to let me know how much you're spending on these Wi-Fi. Uh, <laughs> well, if I sell some of these comics, I can probably buy like one. Nice. Day. At Fork Knife Goku, when did JRPGs get so lame? Ooh, spicy. It's uh, a hot take there. Um, I don't know. Are they, are they super lame? Do you still mm. play them? Let me let me pop open. I've never Steam. played one. Uh, I want to say yeah, but I'm looking here, and the answer is actually nah, nah. Uh, I agree, man. I haven't played like every time I try, I try to go to one. I'm like, ew. I don't know, man. I, so, I don't feel like they grew up with me. So I'm realizing, yeah, all the JRPGs I played recently are reinstalls of old things like right? Saga and Romancing Saga and Final Fantasy up to 13, which is always where it loses me. 13's bad. I hate 13. 13's linear for like six goddamn hours. My I, friend told me I had to put 30 hours into that game before it gets good. It's not fun. Like, mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's probably part of it is I don't know. I you know the grind is real with the JRPG, man. We were talking about the Avengers game earlier. I don't know what's happened to Square Enix. Like Yeah, I don't know. Uh aren't they? Trying to get sold or not get sold. Yeah, they're or... selling off their parts. They're selling off their parts. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. I just wanted to. But, uh, now you bummed me out. Like, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But that was. <laughs> yeah, if you want an RPG, buy American. It's so true, though, right now. No, not American, just not Japanese. It's not not it's not just saying America. It sounds problematic when you say that. Hey, hey, I'm no. Eclipse Face is big in uh, Japan, actually. Which is like the Ooh. most '80s thing I've said. Well, now I'm now mm-hmm. I'm wondering if it no, is garbage. I've got a stack of. They've got a, a role playing <laughs> magazine there called Roll and Roll, and I've got a stack of them that carried a bunch of Eclipse Phase one shots. So, Lunar so the Silver Star Story is still one of my favorite JRPGs. I remember you. I remember you played the hell out of that that one I summer. Love that game. And I is Pokemon a JRPG technically? Eh, eh. I don't for, like it either way. Two, so. For two year olds, I guess. Okay. Like, yeah. Star Ocean 2. Oh, that was the shit. That's, that's a good one. That's a good one, too. At Jeff Doxworthy, I heard you watch the 80s Masters of the Universe movie. Who lost a bet? God. Like, like we're yeah. being set up for something here. I feel <laughs> like we all lost a bet, guys. Yeah. Let's go. Apologies for leaving that banner up, but um, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that question is correct. Uh, we watched 1987's Masters of the Universe this week. The motion picture, I should clarify, event. They want you to know that it's the motion picture. 
Uh, yeah, I guess spoiler warning if you haven't. <laughs> I don't know. Like, do you need? Like, not really well, though. There's you, like a statute of limitations. There. Yeah, we're gonna spoil it because I mean, well, it spoiled itself really. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, uh, I'm just gonna give a, a quick recap of this movie before we go into it, so that oh, please people who need some corner, some kind of refresher, whatever. Here's the the fancy. Uh, write up for this one master of the universe the motion picture is a 1987 american superhero <laughs> film directed by gary goddard produced by yoram globus and by uh, menem golan uh and writer or written by david odell the film stars dolph lundgren frank langella and then a bunch of people that you don't know and courtney cox <laughs> and courtney cox in her first uh, film role in her first film, oh. yes, um, and uh, oh, you know what? Meg Foster's in it too, and yeah. I I remember when I watched this movie, I'm like, oh yeah, Meg Foster used to be a thing in the '80s. Uh, she was everywhere all the time, uh, and uh, yeah, it's based on the Mattel toy line uh, of the same name, and tells the story of two teenagers <laughs> who meet He Man. I should clarify: two teenagers on Earth. Who meet He Man, the most powerful man in the in the universe, but really from you know Eternia, uh, and his friends who arrive on Earth by chance from their home planet, uh, which barely featured in this freaking movie, uh, and go on a mission to save the universe from He Man's arch enemy, the evil Skeletor. Dude, this movie, August seventh, nineteen eighty seven. I don't remember where I was, but it wasn't in the theater. I don't think. Um, I was not super excited, but I I did see this eventually. Um, I, I think the problem is like convincing my dad to go see these movies. Some, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. sometimes there's like a limit to what he's willing to go watch, right? And it's like <laughs> Dolph Lundgren running around sweating in his underwear for the whole movie. Not really a good sell unless he's in a boxing ring. Um, yeah. See, yeah. I was I was old enough that my dad was fine dropping me and my friends off in the theater. <laughs> yeah fair enough but so the thing is like i think i wasn't alone in the amount of kids that didn't get to go see this theater or in theaters because uh it it failed badly in the box office uh 17 million worldwide against a budget of 22 million um but somehow it is now regarded as a classic cult film (laughs) <laughs> that's what people just say to be polite. That's that's what we call Stockholm syndrome from having watched USA up all night. For, uh, <laughs> that was a lot. Twenty years. Well, well walk night. me walk me through real quick, because I obviously wasn't <laughs> alive and I skipped the whole Master of the Universe wave. Um, okay, just where to did be this clear, movie? Oh, good. The to, in the nineteen eighties, mm-hmm. He Man was the shit. Like, like, where did this movie come out in relation to like the He Man boom? Towards the end. Towards okay. the end, like it was. Joe was starting it to was, supplant it. It was actually just just past its peak when this movie came out. So, I, I wish like like I wish the movie would have come out like a year or two earlier. Uh, I remember that when I was a kid because I was already a little over yeah. man, and it's because they had just completely oversaturated the market. Like there was so much he-man product that was all variants all just redecorations of of old characters that you already had and you're like can you guys calm down like there was so much he-man on store shelves by that point 
that it's like people just kind of got over it. And and uh, funny thing, like I actually was watching the um, the documentary about the entire franchise of He-Man today. Uh, it's called The Power of Grayskull, the definitive uh, Master of the Universe story. And um, yeah, they were saying how like the the company had just completely mismanaged the product to the point of they started the movie with all the leverage and at some point in the middle of the movie as sales were tanking in in their toy line yeah they got a lot more flexible with the director and writer taking liberties because they were just hoping that this movie would help revitalize the brand um and they're like yeah i guess he-man's with a gun is okay they're like you know maybe maybe it doesn't matter i like he-man with the gun maybe it doesn't matter if the villains are are existing characters maybe we could just make new freaking characters maybe people will like the new ones better than the established ones this is oh my god it's bananas yeah what this is before turtles Turtles. okay it is before ninja turtles and i think I think that actually is kind of why like Ninja Turtles was such the sleeper hit, right? Yeah. It's because it people were so right. scared. People were so scared to see it. But when they started going to see it, they're like, oh my God, this movie's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and it's because we've been traumatized by movies like Superman Quest for Peace, Masters of the Universe, uh, even the G.I. Joe movie. I mean, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the G.I. Joe movie? The it was not live action. It was animated. Uh, yeah, it was a cartoon. But it was but it, it was, was released in theater, or it was planned to be released in theaters. Uh, but then, um, I think it still did get released in theaters. But the problem limited, is, I think they had they made giant edits to the film right before releasing it, based on feedback that they got from Transformers, and so like that's the Serpentor film, right? Yeah. he's the, the the new bad guy and... no no he's already been established in the universe but it's the one where you find out he's from like cobra law oh that's right yeah and he's attila the hun it's CNA. terrible it's terrible <laughs> it's terrible but like this he-man movie like yeah i mean it's really called master of the universe because the brand is called that but honestly all of us who grew up in that time this is the he-man movie yeah. it's the he-man movie but like the reason I liked He-Man was like that universe was so weird. Yeah. Like every time you see a drawing of the background of Eternia, you're like, what is this place? It's so crazy. It's like a fusion of like uh, fantasy and sci-fi and like people are running around in loincloths, but they got like laser guns and stuff. And you're like, what psychedelic like nightmare did this come from? But I just want to see it all the time. And when so so when we yeah. found out that there was going to be this movie, the promise was there. But the problem is when you see the trailers and you're like, why are they on Earth? Maybe that's cool that they're on Earth. Oh, wait, it's not cool that they're on Earth for the entire movie. And that's <laughs> yeah. that's that was the biggest pill to swallow again yesterday when I was watching this movie is it's like. Oh yeah, it's He-Man battling people in a guitar center. Like, what is that? <laughs> it's. I watched it hours ago at work like, during my work from home time, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, it's basically Thor. It's a hundred percent Thor. Much worse. So, 
Yeah, I wanted to. <laughs> I've got. I took notes as I watched it, right? And and they start off with the fight scenes are bad, the special effects are bad, the costuming's bad, the dialogue, right? Everything is bad. And I'm like, this film is bad, but I remember liking it, and I remember watching it every time it was on USA or TBS because this was as good as it got, even though it was bad in that '80s and '90s. You know and I think what? if you'd shown somebody like me Thor. The, the new one then, we were like, oh my God, this this looks amazing. This Somebody cares. And for these films, and, and we'll, we'll probably talk about it, they, they lost funding halfway through. And they still finished it. They were just like, ah, fuck it. We'll do it in a dark warehouse. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's, it's, it's really weird because, like, it's so easy to knock all the things you listed. But, like, honestly... The, there's something to be said about the fact that it's like all practical effects, you know, except for like the portals that were like drawn in there. But yeah. like that, that Gwildor can die in a fire and rot in hell for all I you care. Don't like New Orco? But honestly, though, like that's a really cool creature. He's yeah. a cool looking creature and he's really there and they're really acting opposite him. And like his little, his little uh, Yoda hobble that he had, like that he lived in. That's also all real. That's right. all real stuff there. And like, that's a lost art, man. That's not like that kind of that level of makeup and and uh, set building that they did in that movie. Like, even though Eternia is only in the movie for maybe five, ten minutes tops. Yeah, the pieces, throne room set is amazing. The throne room set is really cool looking. And Gwildor is cool looking. Um, that's all I I'll say. I, yeah, I didn't have any issue with as how any of them looked. Um even Skeletor, like his weirdness, kind of, kind of grew. I think me. that worked I, for Skeletor for what you were working with in the eighties. My right? wife yeah. hated it so much. She watched this movie with me last <laughs> night, and she was upset because she knows not even ever really watching He Man, but she knows that Skeletor he's green. It's a skull. It's a skull. Yeah. It's a skull. And so she's like, "Why does he have lips on top of his teeth?" Like she was like, she's so mad watching his ma his face move like flesh, but it's a skull, you know. Like, and I was like, this is pretty funny because, like, for me, I like, I kind of like it. I think like that's the best they could yeah, do. It's like that's the best they could do in the eighties. You know what I mean? So like, but, like they all. I mean, He Man, he like sells he -Man. It. Beast Man <laughs> looked like Beast Man. Frank Langella as as uh, Skeletor sells the shit out of that. Um, I don't know that Beastman looks like Beastman, but he looks I don't like know enough Beastman Beast Man to like was, correct yeah. you. He just looks like I, a hairy Beastman. So. I would have liked him to be orange. <laughs> he was brown. <laughs> he was brown. Yeah, everybody was the dirtiest version of this themselves. <laughs> like That's why I we kept fighting the junkyard. <laughs> I kept wondering if Tila and Man at Arms were like Deadpool at the end of Deadpool Two, where it's just like. Did you just get in like a giant fire and that's why your costumes are all completely gray? Yeah. Or is this like an actual choice you made uh, to be the gray characters I didn't, next I didn't to like He-Man? Although I'll say they, they put more effort into the bad guys than the good guys, clearly. Okay, the bad guys were badass looking, like even though it is offensive to me as the, the, the child in me is like, who the hell is Sarod, Karg, and Blade? These are not toys I ever had. I don't understand why they well, did this. If you would have watched the movie, you would have got them. Re recasting it. I mean, you got to have Merman in there, right? Who, who are your um, other two? 
by the way, I did watch the movie and I did not buy them because no. I'm like, you're no, you're fake. You're fake characters. Um, yeah. Like knowing now that like it's it had to do with Mattel actually being on board the the studio's product, uh, like suggestion to be like, hey, why don't you let us create new characters? And then that way you don't have to. And then they're like, hell yeah, sell us new toys. Thanks. <laughs> and it's like. Oh, but that is like the worst way to be like, can you imagine if the Ninja Turtles movie introduced, introduced random monsters like Toka and Razor? I mean, the Transformers movies <laughs> did that. I know, but the first, but the first Ninja Turtles movie did not do that. You know what I mean? Like, that's why people hate the second one so much. And they love the first one because the first one did a lot to pay tribute to the source material but still make it a living breathing thing master of the universe is a multiverse it's like an else worlds of he-man you know what i mean it's like it's the he-man you've never seen before because you've already seen the one you've seen so why not see a different one and that's like it's a hard argument to like get behind but it's a are hard you, argument to refute too. You know, are you like arguing the, that it's sort of intentional they went in these directions and not just yeah. that the, it's Hollywood that doesn't give a shit about the source material? No, it it, it, it is be, intentional. Right? Like the director had a very clear uh, thing that he was to, he was trying to tap into, and it's just not what Mattel's vision of He Man is. You know what I mean? But he ended up with enough control to get to do that. You know what I mean? And yeah, I actually. Would, I don't knock him for it, you know, like um, I mean it felt he, cohesive. I don't think Yeah, I, yeah, I, I have it's a, a He-Man, like is his vision a He-Man vision, right? I think knowing yeah, a little bit about no, canon, they often have people come in and sort of write scripts for sort of broad concepts and then they pitch it, right? So Yeah. But like here's a, like a quote from him. It, it's really interesting because like the comic um writer and artist uh John Byrne. He one time he compared this movie to Jack Kirby's comic book, like um, the fourth world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like he was quoted in that in like a in like a, a magazine. And then it was really cool because the director of Masters of the Universe ended up writing that magazine later or writing to John Byrne in, in an X-Men issue and saying, like, as the director of Masters of the Universe, it was a pleasure to see that someone got it. Your comparison of the film to Kirby's New Gods was not far off. Yeah. In fact, the storyline was greatly inspired by the classic Fantastic Four slash Doctor Doom epics. So the new the New Gods and a bit of Thor thrown in here and there. I intended the film to be a motion picture comic book, though it was a tough proposition to sell to the studio at the time. Comics are just you know for kids. They thought they would not allow me to hire Jack Kirby, who I desperately wanted to be a conceptual artist for the movie. Um, I grew up with Kirby's comics. I've still got all the marvels from the first issue of Fantasy Four and Spider-Man through the time Kirby left. And I had a great pleasure meeting him when first when he first moved to California. Since that time, I enjoyed the friendship of Jack and Roz and was lucky enough to spend many hours with Jack, hearing how he created the character and that one, this one and that one, why a villain has to be even more powerful than the hero and so on. Jack was a great communicator and listening to him was always an education. You might be interested to know that I tried to dedicate Master of the Universe to Jack Kirby in the closing credits, but the studio took that credit out. What how does that change your your view you view of this movie? 
it, it doesn't. What it tells me is that it shouldn't have been a Master of the Universe movie. For sure. Right? For sure. And if it wasn't that, so, right, and then you, you do that, if it's not He-Man and it's not these other things, is this a much better movie? It's just yeah. a little boring movie. It is boring, right? Like, it's boring. Like, it's how many times can they swap hands with the MacGuffin before you just lose count? Well, it, does it have any coherent subplots or is it just all straight plot? Uh, actually, honestly, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out there and say this is just like last week. The the Dennis of 1987 would not agree with Dennis now, <laughs> but I actually thought the subplot of Courtney Cox as a teenager who lost her parents and all she wanted in life was to have them return to her. I kind of thought her subplot was paid off more than the actual plot of the movie. <laughs> Was it, it not? Was off in that they like they lampshaded it twice and then left it for the last forty five minutes for the very end. Yeah, sure. I mean, it was, but it was also off. like if you could have fucking time traveled this whole time, <laughs> right? Right? Like, what are you That's doing? That's what Robert? I'm like, saying. It makes the whole movie make no freaking sense. I, I had I had to rewatch that that the last like ten minutes. I I caught that. I'm like, what? <laughs> Like, like, what were you doing this whole time? They had the stupid thing for a minute (laughs) in the beginning. (laughs) They returned Julie to Earth because they the movie culminates in a battle on Eternia in the throne room again that you saw at the beginning of the movie because it's the only part of Eternia other than the Nevada desert where people stand around and look Uh, at giant holograms. No, no. Do you know where where this was filmed? I have no idea. I just guess. Whittier, California. Okay. Whittier. Whittier. Okay. Is it supposed to be right. New Jersey? No, it's no, supposed to be California. No, it, no, okay. it's, no, no, it's not supposed to be New Jersey. She's going to move to New yeah. Jersey. Uh, okay. For some reason, she's Courtney Cox's character, Julie, has decided that she should leave high school before she graduates to go move like to New Jersey. What's that? I feel like you could do that in the 80s. You would like, why would you choose New Jersey instead yeah, right. of New York? Like, you're so close. A little she bit loosey back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, her plot, though, it gets paid off in that, like, this this beautiful thing where, she, like, Gwildor tells her, I don't have to just return you back to home. I can send you to any place in the past or future. And you're like, she, well, one, she's like, nah, I'm good, Gwildor. Yeah. And you're like, what? You fucking, fucking idiot. And then like, so they, her and her boyfriend start walking through the portal to say bye to He-Man and his whole crew after they defeated Skeletor. The, but the by the way, the cop, the cop Lubbock's going to stay there because they got fresh he, air and women. He, Why would I point, leave? In how, the 10 minutes. How much that, time passed? Yeah. I don't know how much time passed, but that guy Suddenly picked up a hottie from the and like mail order bride. Yeah. But anyways, as Courtney Cox is going in the portal, she turns around and yells out, like, right as she gets cut off by the portal. No, Gwildor, wait, send me back to... And then, like, you find out that beautifully, like, they got sent back in time a few, like, a day before her parents died. And the I'm day, so confused. Of. I'm so Well, it's the day of, yeah, but I, I'm so confused because, like Ricky said... <laughs> So they have access to time travel. So yeah. what prevents them from just fixing everything to begin with, other than story? Uh, it just it just completely negates the entire adventure, though, right? The the, the meet any any epic epic like 
meaningfulness to the story is is betrayed by that notion. Yeah. Uh, but I, secondly, like I, I was gonna say, I will use this now as my troll answer for worst time travel movie ever made. So <laughs> it, it is right. But at the same time, I was really happy for Julie that her parents got to live. You know, like I was like, oh, cool. You know, at least you get your parents. Does that mean that He-Man's not going to show up later? Or you're, you know, you're, he's still going to show up in your future, but you're not going to be there because your parents are alive. And so you're not going to be able to help He-Man. Is it a time paradox, Brian? Oh, yeah. Did they create a time paradox? Yeah, what kind of I mean, only for Eternia, which explains why there is no sequel. Yeah, well, it, really what explains why there's no sequel is because Canon, the studio, went out of business. They actually were planned. I mean, other also the movie. Didn't not the sequel well. get released as like Cyborg 2 or something or parts of it? Like B-roll no, footage? The, and... the sequel was developed. Um, and at, like, it's pretty nuts, dude. I read that they were going to have a freaking... Um, They're going to do a Spider-Man movie, right? They were going to... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They yeah, had the movie. rights to Spider Man and they uh, had Cameron Spider Man, right? Uh, I don't remember a Canon Spider Man, but they were going to freaking make a He Man 2 and like it was going to have um, a, a pro surfer replace Dolph Lundgren as He Man. And so it was, and part of the plot was going to be that He Man. Uh, comes back to Earth because why not film it in on Earth, you know? Right. And he was going to come back to Earth and find out like Skeletor had conquered it or whatever. And so <laughs> because there's stupid time paradox. Because you guys all watched the post credit scene, right? <laughs> you, Ricky, you didn't, did you? No, I, I yeah, there's a post credit scene, man. Come on. Skeletor <laughs> pops out of a like a pool, a, a pool of whatever <laughs> pink juice, and he just yells. I'll be back. And that's the end of the movie. That's the post credit scene in that movie. Wow. Um, so Skeletor is back in the sequel. And part of the, the, the premise of that movie is that uh, He-Man will have to pretend to be a football quarterback. And you're like, <laughs> what are you guys doing with He-Man? What are you guys doing? Of cocaine. What are you doing with He-Man, guys? I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, that so, is... Wait, I want to I want to address. Uh, so I I was told a couple of people that I was going to be talking about this, and and two of them had a very strong reaction around uh, Ivan Drago or uh, uh, Dolph Lundgren, yeah, being in the film, and pointed out that um, he had just come off what is it Rocky Four? Yeah, Rocky Four was, was his second movie guy. ever. And then all of a sudden you're casting like this guy who is in the cultural consciousness as the Soviet enemy as He-Man. And so it's like, I couldn't watch it for that. You know, it's like, so if I watched He-Man, the comedies were winning. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> so it's, it was just like, and my other friend said, it's like psychic whiplash, right? Just seeing this guy because they weren't. You weren't used to seeing it was almost like pro wrestling in the 80s the same mm -hmm. people played good guys they you didn't have actors sort of switching back and forth playing yeah. both good guys and bad guys i you know and the other thing to remember though is like uh because I, I saw it in the interview like dolph lundgren was like actually scared to take the role because like 
being offered a superhero role back then was yeah. not the sure thing that it is nowadays. No, no. You know what I mean? Like, like he was, he knew to be scared of taking this role because, you know, it, I mean, he got he, paid what, in Aquaman, so it comes around. Right. It wasn't, um, it wasn't until what Keaton and Batman really. Yeah, like, like I mean, Christopher Reeve was was seen as like the special case. Yeah, Christopher but he Reeve still was, wasn't getting like leading man, leading man roles outside. Of yeah, Superman. he wasn't. He wasn't getting yeah. a lot of big roles outside of that the that franchise. And honestly, Canon's other big failure was Superman Four. They made that also, yeah. and so like there was a lot of movies that the Canon made that just were really poor decisions in in like in I feel like Dolph Lundgren. He's not even the star of this movie though. Right? He like, has what, the least lines of any major character. Like, what can you tell me about him as a character? Because they don't, they don't do sword the, fighting, but he throws dudes real well. Yeah. Like, I don't like, I felt like that's why I connected with Julie's story so much. It pissed me off that like I was caring more about Julie and Kevin and their friend who owns the guitar center ripoff. Like yeah, all of the, all of those characters were more interesting than he man. And I'm like, what is going on with this movie? Like, why is the man himself being put in few scenes and, and barely saying anything meaningful? Like it, it hurts, man. It hurts. <laughs> like it was, it wasn't the worst thing I've watched in years, but it was, it's not great, man. It's inconsistent. Right. And I think yeah. that's kind of the, yeah. the is it seems like it's 75% of a movie. Yeah. It's like yeah. they, they're like, it's good enough. Like I've seen this with the mercenaries. You've got beast man. All right. Good. Solid choice. You've got Karg who looks like uh, Jareth, the goblin King's you know, illegitimate <laughs> son. I'm, oh, in fairness though, Karg kind of look cool. I yeah. Yeah. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying right, I created you got Sauron. The with the hair yeah. and the oh, pirate yeah. hook, dude. He looks yeah. stupid. I thought, I thought he was cool looking. Was like, the snake looking dude was the He coolest. looked like something yeah. out of the Dark Crystal. Sarod, he was right? he was yeah. scared of the Dark Crystal, right? Sauron, who's basically a boss ripoff, and then Blade, who looks like he fell out of a, a fucking bondage store and grabbed some cutlery. Like, what the hell? Do you know what, though? You know what? Okay. I agree with you. When I was a kid, I was like, what the hell with these characters, right? But watching it yesterday, I was like, my man Blade's actually pretty impressive. Like, I was watching what he was doing with the with the swords and the knives, yeah. and I got weirded out because there's a scene where he, he like, stabs the knife, Kevin, the real yeah. knife, into a desk or into a table that's, uh, that Kevin's up against right next to him, and there was no cut. It didn't cut away to show, you know, like how you show the a different angle where the thing goes. Yeah. Like, he actually did it in in real time, right next to that actor's head. And I was like, "Hold on a second, this guy's a legit knife wielder, man. Like, I'm not like well, I'm you're sure not not like stunt people to do all the bad guys, right? Well, that's what I found out. Dude was yeah. the weapons expert and fight choreographer on that movie. And he actually is the double for uh, Skeletor in the final fight. Right, um, so, so that guy I, I was got, actually I got respect for Blade now. Yeah, that Blade guy too. was making Dolph Lundgren look good, and Dolph even like said that to him, like "You're the guy." Yeah. And I'm like, you know what, Blade? When Blade cut open the chain link fence, I was like, 
that looked real, dude. I was like, I was like, I kind of like cool. Blade now. I'll say everybody the movie else was. Sucks. It was definitely more violent than I thought it was. Like there was a lot of blood in that movie. There was a lot of blood, you know, yeah. and that was that was probably slipped in there after Stock and He Man had gone down. But it just kept Beast Man bleeding for like half the movie. Yeah, like no. I would be a little freaked out if I was a kid and just saw like Beast Man murder a guy. <laughs> well, he didn't murder the guy. The guy went to the hospital. Remember, we saw that. Sure, sure. He, oh yeah, the janitor. You yeah, don't janitor. never want to know. I was like, "What do you? Why did you say like that?" No, right? What, I what don't. What do you, dude? That, that janitor, you know, and that poor school dance. By the way, <laughs> the, the movie started with Charlie, or I mean, not Charlie, whatever, Julie and uh, Kevin hanging out together in the auditorium Monica, for a sound check. Yeah. By the way, this woman, as a reminder, she had decided to give up her life <laughs> to move to New Jersey, Jersey. to today. Her flight was tonight. Oh, her house was packed. You saw that. They yes. put that detail in. How many things did Julie have scheduled on the night that she was going to go? I like my wife and I just kept saying, like, what Say time does she have parents. to be at the airport? She's got to get she had, some chicken and ribs. Yeah, she had to go. She had to keep listening. <laughs> Keep Gra- listening. Grave chicken she, rib sound check. You she know. had to go. She had to go hang out with Kevin for the sound check for his performance that she wasn't even gonna be there for. Like this, dude. You you don't schedule your sound check on the night that your girlfriend is Get leaving some you for forever. Forever, forever. She's like they're breaking up that night. This these characters were so much more interesting than He Man. <laughs> what the hell? See what 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 I'm hearing here is you got so bored that you started invent, inventing more elaborate backstories for. I think I mean that was all presented yeah. in the movie. It was that was all presented. I didn't make any of that shit up. <laughs> all of them got. Yeah, but so you're much making up the motivation that didn't come through. Like these are all things that happen, and they seem insane when you list it out because the characters weren't reacting to them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Also, no why does Hila have a thong on the outside of her pants? I don't think it was a thong, Look, was it? Both Tila and Man at Arms clearly did something to piss off the props department. I, thought, I, 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 didn't, I didn't mind Man at Arms. He Man had, at Arms he, had he, Donald Trump's haircut. Dude. <laughs> he looked fine. He looked like a grandpa that wandered onto the set, and they're like, "Good enough." Tila looked Donald funky. Trump's haircut. <laughs> what was that? Tila looked a little weird, but maybe. <laughs> She had a giant metal thong going up her butt on the outside of her spandex unit. Great. She looks like she outfit. just got from Jazzercise, too. She does. Well, she was wearing a headband, right? Yeah, she was. She was wearing a headband. They got rid of the snake uh, imagery that the action figure had and replaced oh, man. it with whatever that was. Tila looked stupid, but God bless her and Man at Arms, also better characters than He Man. <laughs> they were, though, right? They were. Like, I really like I like learning that that Eternians had uh, evolved to the point where like you know veganism was normal and but man that, at arms that was is, a shock but he man knew what flesh tasted like Yeah but man at arms is old enough to be like no nah, I've had meat before bro and it's delicious you know like <laughs> all of these characters got more moments than he man uh, my... Tell me something about Tila that uh... <laughs> That you learned about her backstory. She loves her dad. Um, and she thinks that her dad eats too much. 
and uh, he needs to cut down on that because she obviously cares about her dad. That's still more than I got from He-Man, bro. <laughs> still more. And I, now Gwildor is looking better and better. No, that that cracked me up though because I learned I learned today that um, Shira, the you know the other popular character that's a spinoff of He-Man, she was actually supposed to be in this movie. Uh, but they decided that they already had a strong female character in Tila. And I'm like, whoa, bro. You, only you, thought, you thought Tila was your strong female character? Wow. That is terrible. That's terrible. Courtney Cox's character was a stronger female character yeah. than Tila. Uh, <laughs> and I don't have no Courtney Cox He-Man toy. That's stupid. Did, how were, were the toys selling for this one? Maybe not? I no. don't remember there being... I mean, I, I read that they made toys for this, but I don't remember ever seeing... You gotta that. understand. Here's how here's how the timeline went down. He-Man was peaking on TV, right? Or I mean, it had already peaked. It was going kind of down. So the movie comes out, and we're like, yeah, we're gonna see a movie of our favorite character. Oh, shit, that ain't He-Man. And so then the toys hit the shelves... I don't know. I don't remember a lot of people buying them. And then shortly after that, like I think a year later, a brand new He-Man cartoon rebooting the universe. They just given up on on the movie as a as a as a property to yeah. to build off of entirely. And there was like, yeah, it's like a year or two later they were rebooting He-Man again. And that also was pretty dumb. And so like Mattel just one decision after another just kind of drove this franchise into the ground and it's sad and it's a really yeah. it's a pain point for a lot of people I mean, who grew up with He-Man. My only He-Man experience is when we watched the reboot it was last year. The one that Kevin Smith ruined? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's I don't fine. think he I ruined it honestly. No, I, I, I liked it. That was actually the joke I was going to open with is you know, <laughs> hey nerds, you know before Kevin Smith ruined it, there's this thing. I All liked right. it. I just didn't love it. We is, is the problem with that. One. We're green lighting here at Denex Media, uh, He Man live action movie reboot. Who we who we cast in? I think they've already cast one, by the way. They, there's they? been a, yeah. a rumored one for a while, right? But look it up, He Man cast. I don't remember who it is. Noah Centino was supposed to do it, but I thought he dropped out recently. I don't know. I don't even know who that is. I'm too old. I, yeah. I'm too old. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the only way a new one works, though, is what you were saying, Dennis, is if they lean into that sort of Jack Kirby-esque It is set to debut imagery. on Netflix uh, with Kyle Allen cast as He-Man slash Prince Adam. There you go. Right. Well, at least we're going to get Prince Adam, too. I mean. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Now, here's the thing. It actually makes me pretty happy to, to hear that it's on Netflix because I have learned over the years of Comic-Con that the head of animation at Netflix, his favorite cartoon of all time is He-Man. And that's not even like joking. Like he has all the He-Man figures, like of all of them ever. He is a giant He-Man fan. And so like he has actually gone as a guest to like the, the PowerCon conventions several years now because like, He's so deeply involved with that Kevin Smith show and all the other He-Man. Right, and they did right by She-Ra, right? So yeah, yeah. so I'm saying, I, 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 you couldn't find a better home for me than Netflix for, for as far as He-Man goes. 
I'm excited to see because they actually give a shit about He-Man. Yeah. You know, like, and that they're trying to build a, a He-Man universe on that platform. They care. They care yeah. more. I mean, to do. I mean, back to what know, we were saying earlier, you have to have people who understand the fandoms to really make these things. Truth. I know that there's a kid skewed. There's two He-Man trailers right on Netflix. The uh, Kevin Smith one, and there's the kid one. Yeah. Do kids care about He-Man, or do your kids, Brian? Uh, no, just because they haven't found it. I mean, it's. I think it's harder today to get these brands developed for kids because they're going to gravitate to one or two streaming platforms and just sort of cycle through whatever that streaming platform has. So on Netflix, yeah, they watch She-Ra. So and to that extent, they care about He-Man. Um, they'll rewatch that. They'll rewatch Isn't that Avatar. Rad? Isn't that yeah. rad that your children know She-Ra before He-Man? Yeah. And She-Ra's story was pretty badass. Yeah. Like, I think that's cool. I, I think seeing changes, like you know what? Like, honestly, I remember the sh- the show back in the 80s. Her show was better. It was. It was a better show. And, and so, better action figures, too. No, it did not have better action figures. I, I didn't like the, all the He-Mans were... That's same, right? That yeah, was one of the I love that, you, dude. That's the post. Except, except what was the one that wasn't like that? You remember? Well, there's Mokulok. Well, no, Ram Man didn't yeah, have Ram the Man body. Was the big one. Because yeah. he was just the, the weird spring-loaded yeah. feet. But there's yeah, there's been there's been a handful of them that don't use the He-Man body, but it's yeah, it's very rare. But I love the charm of that body so much. You know, like so I it's it's a very special place in my heart where I'm like yeah, I remember that time where I I loved holding my naked blonde man with a loincloth figure, and he's just gr- he looks like he's constantly greased up because of the shininess of the plastic. Can we yeah, talk about yeah. how Dolph also looked like he'd been greased up the entire man, time? Man was oily. Yeah. Dude, the set when they were filming in the set apparently it was 110 degrees, no oh, air geez. conditioning, and the throne the throne room. So Before like or after how- they lost their funding. Uh, definitely after for sure um but yeah he was sweating constantly in that movie dude it was weird man like i it just funny feel like, like when he finally, when he finally says says the thing well, I, was, I have the I, I it didn't even have any meaning like, you know what the bigger plot of this movie is like what skeletor captured capsule grayskull so that he can stand in front of the eye of grayskull when it opens and bestows godlike powers I'm like, what the fuck is that? What is that story? I don't understand what that is. Yeah. And so, like, if he's crafting the power, then what power does He-Man have when he says, I have the power? I'm like, I don't get it. What are you talking about? You're supposed to put your sword up in the air and get it from the sword. I am confused by all I mean, of this. Back, back also, to open, though. I appreciate the fan history. A completely superfluous character. Yeah. But all of this said, all of me complaining... Here's the thing I think it's funny is like, you know how we were talking about how different things are are picked up on by different generations, right? Like, so it, now knowing that that uh, John Byrne watched He-Man or Master yeah. of the Universe, sorry, and instantly recognized the Jack Kirby influence, and then the director's like, "Yeah, bro, that was me." That's cool to know that that director was making this movie for a very specific generation and audience. That's fucked up to know that it wasn't the target demographic. (laughs) Um, You know what I mean? 
they yeah. let a director make a movie that actually touched the hearts of people that were not supposed to be touched. And that's weird. That's so weird to me <laughs> that he took the He-Man license and just made this movie that's like apparently a love letter to Jack Kirby. But what? Jack Kirby had nothing to do with He-Man, dude. Like it doesn't. That's so weird. And so I can't. I feel conflicted. And they're like, I kind of love the movie. Disrespectful, right? It's like the, in, also, I mean, it's the inverse of Catwoman, right? But like, also respectful, right? Of something oh, that's not yeah. He-Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And you kind of, I kind of see it though. Like when he's when when I read that, I was like, I do. Like there was something really charming about that throne room yeah. and about the attorney and stuff. Like I wish there was more than like five minutes of it in the movie. And so, that shit is a love letter. The other thing I got off of those sets was um, it seems like they very much wanted to be like the Flash Gordon movie mm. in a way. And I remember that movie That's already on the being list, a bit of by a the cult. Way. Yeah, I know. But just like the sort of the over-the-top acting, at least for the bad guys. Like, again, Frank Langella is in an entirely different film. Frank but- Langella was... <laughs> really selling the shit out of Skeletor. Okay? Very Shakespearean Skeletor. I, I love Frank Langella as Skeletor and it brings me so much joy <laughs> to know this is his favorite like role that he ever did. He did like, it for his he, kid. He did it for his kid, which he also in the story tells that he when his kid finally got to see it at a special screening, he slept through the whole movie. <laughs> oh, that's, man. That's funny, right? Um <laughs> But no, like, That's I, there are things I like about this, but I don't know, Ricky, if it's the inverse Catwoman, like you were asking earlier. Like, I just think it's worse than Catwoman, like by a lot. It's a lot worse. I would give it like a four or a five, man. It's just not. It's, it's not even amusing. <laughs> it's just not entertaining is the problem. It's a slog, yeah. Yeah. Like, I liked the things I was looking at, I just didn't like experiencing the story that they were giving me, except for Courtney Cox's story, which is pretty cool. Especially when Meg Foster and her creepy real eyes, those are her real eyes, by the way. Yeah. As evil in, as evil in like seduces, uh, Julie by pretending to be her dead mother. The dead mom Jedi. My, yeah. my wife was so funny at that moment when the, when the ghost appears in the alley because she's like, what? We're doing ghosts now? What are the ghosts in this movie? And then she realized, she's like, oh, it's Evelyn. Okay, got it. But the funniest part about that scene is when Evelyn convinces Julie to leave. At that very moment, Kevin is wrestling a cop for a control of a gun. Of a gun. Your boyfriend is legit fist fighting a police officer to get a gun out of his hands. But then she walks like, in and she's and like, she leaves. She leaves. She just walks out, dude. It's a perfect time. The key. And then she comes back in a few minutes later and like they've worked it out miraculously without anybody getting shot. I kept thinking somebody was going to get shot. And then, and then what happens is that she looks at everybody in the room and she snatches the key and runs, dude. <laughs> Like, if that wasn't the best part of the whole damn movie, I don't know what was, man. That shit was hilarious. Also, the police in the town suck ass. They're the worst police <laughs> They're ever. They're shitting to their colleague, too. Uh, guys. <laughs> guys, they just, like, 
I don't know. They just like stood around and let this one guy in a leather jacket go and do all the police work for the night. And then when it, he'll just call them when he needs their help. And they just stand around and wait. They just stand around and wait for him to say something. But he doesn't because he gets sucked into a portal to Eternia. Wait, can, can we also talk about, I think, well, yes, the uh, Courtney Cox stealing the key for her dead mother was a great. I think my favorite scene was uh, when they get captured. When they're all on the rooftop and you just see Skeletor rising in the background, <laughs> That's so good. creeping on them. Okay, you know what? That's that a was cool. That was a cool ship, though. That's pretty awesome. Like, I, I, I wanted to see those ships do some cool shit. Yeah, it was, was clear a... they were like, Ooh, we got to sell some vehicles, too. You know why that was really cool? Because that was a practical effect, man. That was that dude was on a crane and they were lifting him up, and that was that was pretty rad. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'd still give it to Julie snatching the thing. That that was the one moment in that whole movie that just brought me pure joy because it just was so ridiculous. <laughs> but but Frank Langella not, will get a second place for me in that not movie. Not the uh, laser whipping? The laser whipping just seemed a little too sexy. Like I like watching him jerk around. Delayed. Like pretending to get whipped, you know what I mean? Like, oh. The delay. Dolph, Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do a delay when you animate it, bro? Like I don't like you animate it in post. How is there a delay? It's like the animator just hated Dolph Lundgren or something. You know what I mean? Like it's not. It's not like he can fix it. Like he didn't get yeah. his last two paychecks. Like I right, screw it. But he gets lashed by a laser whip that's drawn in in post. Yeah, it's. I mean, guys, if you're looking for some homoerotic, like. <laughs> stuff to watch on tv find I'm something sure, else i'm sure in 2023 there's better yeah. things that you can easily find but like if you want to see what courtney cox looked like before plastic surgery i guess that's cool too um i don't or know some what veteran is... actors collecting a paycheck and yeah you want to see frank langella never show his actual face in that whole movie um, billy barty too as Bildor, billy I mean, barty you know. Ricky, do you know who, who Billy Barty was? Nope. The leader of the Lollipop Guild. I feel like that's become more problematic in 2023. <laughs> yeah, he is, right? He's the leader of the Lollipop yeah. Guild, right? It's He's same, also right? in Time Bandits and a whole bunch <laughs> of uh, things. Probably one of the most famous uh, sort of um, actors of his generation. Right? Like, it's crazy. Like, I had to look him up because... When I was watching the movie, I'm like, well, you're not Warwick Davis. I can tell you that right now because you're yeah. not as good. But you are familiar, sir. And I looked him up and I was like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. It's the guy from one of the most OG movies of all time. You got mud in my uh, gill slits. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what the yeah. hell was that? You know, like it is another thing that uh, the kid Scare version of me would never appreciate is like I could I could actually be okay with Gwildor as a character, knowing they wanted to introduce new things into the universe. Uh, seeing this character, it's like it's kind of cool, but like Gwildor is kind of an idiot. Um, I just, yeah, he just yeah. Didn't... If you're gonna replace Orko, why replace him with the same thing? Yeah, right. But there, um, I don't think he is he Orko. I feel is a very different. They're both like dumb, but <laughs> they're dumb but capable characters. They're the Jar Jars. Yeah. Yeah, and they're the same character basically. They just they honestly they didn't include uh Battle Cat and Orko because money. That's yeah, why. 
No. They just didn't do it. Like the uh, they had a obvious. bunch <laughs> of characters planned to be included in the movie when it first was in production, but or in pre-production. But they're like, nope, this is getting cut. This is getting cut. You know who stays? Freaking Blade. I mean, <laughs> it's because he's already going to be there, need, right? Is not yeah. Blade, but Skeletor and He Man. I there's a movie in there with just the two two of them, right? So I, I think you need Evil Lynn too for that star screen, like undermining i think evil in was fantastic because i never i got i got evil in from her i i don't know that i she got was the most accurate i felt she was she was pretty damn accurate like she just didn't I mean, do she wasn't a lot bright yellow than, but uh... she didn't do a lot other than be incredibly loyal to skeletor which is her character so okay i guess so yeah, I read good. that she'd had trouble in a lot of the scenes because the costume she was wearing was like 55 or 60 pounds. It was pretty intense. Yeah. That was a lot of metal on those people, especially Blade and her. Yeah. Like, yeah, I see that. I get it. I, yeah, I'm not going to knock her. Uh, yeah. I think we went through all the characters uh, and I think, uh, I think we're in agreement that Julie was the best followed by Blade and uh, He-Man all the way down at the bottom, just below Lubbock. Garbage. <laughs> He-Man was terrible. And and I'm not saying that's Dolph Lundgren's fault, but no. I'm not not saying that's Dolph Lundgren's fault. Uh, I'm just saying sure. there's a lot of contributing people that go into making a movie, and I think every single one of them should feel responsible for how he-man came out in the he-man movie um yeah that's fair right? you can buy uh movie versions of the toys from uh yeah cash and nostalgia yeah. super seven super, super seven in entertainment earth super seven super seven made them yeah and they look pretty good that's but pretty like good but it's like why 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 do you want toys of this can you know? i have my lubic toy but I guess people feel like that's in, in that sense, it has to have been considered it, a cult classic. I right? mean, it because has the stupid people made merchandise of device. it after all this time. What's that? It has the, the keyboard music machine portal yeah, the maker. Key. The cosmic the key. key. The cosmic it's key. a good thing that Kevin had perfect pitch and that was, you know. <laughs> right. They, they established that. Well, oh, my yeah, God. They so did. When, that's uh, what I'm saying. Gave you more characteristics of those two. When, when, any Eternian, any Eternian. when they're in Wildor's uh, apartment, you're like, Let me show you this invention. It turns it on. By the way, we can't turn it on because they're gonna locate us if we do. It's like, what? <laughs> Why'd you turn it on, dude? That's yeah, oh man. Yeah, yep. That's that's that movie. I well, love it. Though. I love I love bits of it. There's a there's an 80s lens and charm to it that I think uh, 75% of a movie. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, like the fact that it's all practical effects is really cool to me. Like that's that's uh, you know, that's that has that charmed me just on that. But yeah. then also like just I don't know, for some reason I just became I decided I had to find something I liked and I decided it was Courtney Cox's story. And <laughs> That's what it is. It's just that's the best part of the movie for me. Right. Yeah, give her it an awesome. It is. It's weird. I didn't go in. I I went in saying, "Oh yeah, this is Courtney Cox's first movie." That's so weird. You can see why she got additional roles. Yep. 
Yeah, she she acted. She the, played a good friend in this movie. She did made a career out of playing another one. So, <laughs> wow, is that is that you Oof. want that to be the last line of the show? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody, thanks for watching. <laughs> uh, no, out, guys. I know. I know I do want to thank Brian and Ricky for nerding <laughs> out. I'm not going to end on that. Come on. Uh, you know, we'll be back next week. We'll, we'll have another, we'll have another one of these wonderful movies from our past or not Ricky's past, but mine and people like Brian's past. Uh, and we'll be back to discuss super news and you know, all that other stuff too. Uh, thanks to our patrons for supporting our growth and to our audience for tuning in. If you had fun, you know what to do. How can they smash that like button, Ricky? On YouTube, uh, like subscribe, and then oh, also... I, thought, I tried to set you up like Frank. You know, uh, I, I'm not, yeah, that wasn't my job. And maybe like how He Man smashes people with his gun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like and subscribe. Check us out on Patreon. After show coming up, Brian, you joining us? Yeah, I'm joining for a bit. Okay, we're probably just gonna play Snap and then go watch other stuff. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, we're going to do that moments from now. And, uh, you know, patrons are welcome to join us. And uh, otherwise, this will be on. Uh, it'll, it'll be available next week. All right, guys. See you next time on Gen Excelsior, True Believers. Enough said. See you.